48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Aaron Tam. The headlines. Infectious disease expert Joseph Tung says it's appropriate for the government to ban flights from the UK due to the rise of COVID-19 cases there involving the more infectious Delta variant. Former RTHK radio host Alan Au has accused the public broadcaster of exhausting its administrative powers to remove voices it doesn't like a day after he was dropped from an evening current affairs show. And Facebook's stock market value has surpassed a trillion U.S. dollars after two major legal cases against the company were dismissed. Infectious disease expert Joseph Tung says the government's made the right decision to ban flights from the U.K. due to the rise of COVID-19 cases there involving the more infectious Delta variant. Dr. Tung says the ban, which starts on Thursday, comes just in time to prevent an influx of arrivals over the summer break. These interim measures has to be uh, adopted for time being, especially we are uh, going to have a number of incoming travelers of Hong Kong citizens who are going to come back during the summer holiday. So I think we need to be uh, vigilant about whether there is uh, any imported uh, Delta variants to affect our community. Epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says the more contagious Delta variant could be prevalent around the world within a few months. But the University of Hong Kong professor told RTHK's Backchat program that airport restrictions may not be enough. I'm worried that we will have introduction of infection into the community here sooner or later. Maybe not because of the people coming in and staying in quarantine, but through some other way. Like in Guangzhou, we just recently saw the outbreak at the shipping terminal. And there are other loopholes as well. There's the people who are exempt from quarantine who can come in and bring in an infection. We just reported some research results last week that the third wave and fourth wave were all caused, all those infections, thousands and thousands of infections were all caused by just a handful of introductions. Hong Kong has one confirmed local case of the Delta variant involving an airport worker, and he may have infected a colleague in Taipo. Former RTHK radio host Alan Au has accused the public broadcaster of exhausting its administrative powers to remove voices it doesn't like. He was speaking on commercial radio a day after he was dropped from the evening current affairs show Open Line, Open View. The veteran journalist believes his dismissal was related to articles he'd written that were critical of the government. He accused RTHK's management of acting against the spirit of public service broadcasting. The government broadcaster has said personal arrangements are internal editorial matters. RTHK has shelved two current affairs show, two current affairs and cultural TV programs, talk show and this week, saying it is updating its programming. The public broadcaster said it may replace existing shows with new ones or suspend programs seasonally. This week is replaced by a rerun tonight, while talk show is still on the timetable. One of its hosts, academic Leung Kai Chi, said he only learnt last night that the recording today had been cancelled. The fire services department says a fire broke out at a recycling site in Tingyi South just after 5.30 this morning. The department said there was heavy smoke at the scene and air quality. Data in Chunwan showed an increase in the level of suspended particulates. The Australian state of Queensland has reintroduced coronavirus restrictions in a number of regions after two new local cases were detected. 
People in areas of southeast Queensland, including Brisbane, must now wear masks outside, and there are limits on the size of gatherings. Perth in Western Australia has also started lockdown after reporting three cases of the Delta strain. Mark McGowan, the Premier of Western Australia, said it was the best option. We settled on a lockdown, which is really one of the only tools until we're all vaccinated to deal with this. So uh, it's very regrettable and I really don't didn't want to do that, but that's now the position we're in. Scientists have dismissed the idea that living organisms might be present in the clouds around Venus, which are dominated by corrosive sulfuric acid. They say there's too little water to support life. It had been suggested last year that microbes could be in the clouds because of the presence of a gas called phosphine, largely produced by living organisms. John Halsworth is from Queen's University, Belfast. The effective concentration of the water molecules in those sulfuric acid clouds, it's more than a hundred times too low. It's almost at the bottom of the scale and an unbridgeable distance from what life requires to be active. Scientists who support the theory of life around Venus say we don't know enough about the atmosphere yet. Much of daily life is coming to a halt with temperatures breaking new records as an unprecedented heat wave continues in northwest United States and parts of Canada. Temperatures in Salem, Oregon's state capital, reached 47.2 Celsius yesterday, the hottest since records began in the 1890s. Climate scientist Dr. Vijay Lee said these temperatures are a real example of the dangers of climate change. We're unfortunately seeing the evidence of climate change right before our eyes. It's not some distant future threat, but it's very much a part of our existence right now, which is why we need to make investments right now to cut our addiction on fossil fuels and prepare communities, invest in preparedness and resilience so that we can adjust to this new future. A British artist will make a sculpture containing air from the dawn of the Industrial Revolution, extracted from polar ice cores. The air from 1765 was trapped as tiny bubbles in ice. The sculpture will be displayed at the United Nations Climate Summit in Scotland later this year. Here's the BBC's Danny Eberhard. It's been described as a time capsule of the Earth's atmosphere. The date is significant. It marks a key juncture in the Industrial Revolution, when James Watt refined the steam engine. The amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere then has risen by 50% since. It's hoped the artwork will help inspire lasting change. The artist, Wayne Beniti, a PhD candidate at Britain's Royal College of Art, told the BBC he hoped it would help collapse the distance between the public and what can feel a remote subject. Greek police say they've recovered two paintings, one by Pablo Picasso and the other by the Dutch artist Piet Mondrian, stolen nearly a decade ago. They were found hidden at a gorge on the outskirts of Athens. A Greek man has been arrested. E-cigarette maker Juul has agreed to settle a lawsuit accusing it of marketing its products to young people. Juul will pay 40 million U.S. dollars to North Carolina over six years and change its advertising. The vape pen manufacturer didn't admit any wrongdoing as part of the settlement. So just how damaging are e-cigarettes and vaping in general to the health of young people? Dr. Nicola Gray is a health scientist. 
There are, of course, many similarities between vaping and the use of traditional nicotine products, so cigarettes. The pathways that we're talking about, the way that young people get addicted to nicotine is exactly the same. This is part of the problem that although the tobacco was a dirty substance in terms of having different carcinogens and other things that were seen as being big health problems, the root of the addiction is nicotine. And that's still the same ingredient that we're talking about with e-cigarettes and vaping. And so for young people in particular, this is a huge problem because their brains are developing at a rapid rate between the ages of 10 and 24. And quite frankly, that's when the big companies would need to hook them on nicotine to have future users. Because if you think about your contacts, how many people do we all know who started taking nicotine after their teenage years, maybe into their early 20s. This is what people understand who are in these businesses. And really, if we can keep our teens and early 20s nicotine free, then we can probably do it for life. The Mexican Supreme Court has decriminalized the private recreational use of cannabis by adults, calling the current prohibition unconstitutional. Smoking cannabis in public and in front of children is banned. Here's the BBC's James Reid. The Supreme Court ruling on cannabis came after the Mexican Congress failed to meet a deadline to legalize the drug. The president of the court called it a historic day for personal liberty. Mexican adults will now be able to consume and grow small quantities of marijuana without fear of arrest. Large-scale production and trafficking remain illegal but there's growing pressure for further liberalisation. Advocates say this would reduce drug-related violence and the power of the cartels. It would also open up the huge legal cannabis market in the United States to Mexican producers. Facebook's stock market value has surpassed a trillion US dollars after two major legal cases against the company were dismissed. Here's the BBC's David Willis. Cases filed by the U.S. regulatory agency, the Federal Trade Commission and the attorneys general of more than 40 states contended that Facebook stifled competition by acquiring its nascent competitors Instagram in 2012 and WhatsApp in 2014. But whilst the judge agreed that might have given Facebook a monopoly in the social networking market, he ruled the FTC had failed to prove that such a monopoly existed. He gave the commission a month in which to file a fresh complaint and dismissed the state's lawsuit on the grounds that they'd waited too long after the purchase of Instagram and WhatsApp to take the matter to court. The rulings prompted a 3% rise in Facebook's share price. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 29,031, 236 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $76 billion. Currencies. The US dollar is trading at 110.49 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 19 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 75 cents. On the ice, defending champions Tampa Bay Lightning had a strong start in the Stanley Cup final series, winning Game 1 5-1 against the Montreal Canadiens. The Lightning took a commanding lead after scoring three in the final period of the game. The L.A. Clippers fought back and took Game 5, bringing their series against the Phoenix Suns to 3-2 by winning 116-102. The Clippers' Paul George scored 41 points and grabbed 13 boards in the win. 
Football's World Cup winners, France, have been knocked out of Euro 2020. They drew their last 16 match with Switzerland 3-3 after extra time in Bucharest. But it's the Swiss side who progressed to the quarterfinals on penalties. This was the decisive moment. Mbappe gets ready to go, has to score to take it to sudden death with his right foot. Summer saves! Mbappe couldn't deliver. Mbappe's asking the referee if someone was off his line too early. The Swiss can't celebrate just yet. They can now. It's been cleared. The Swiss have done it. Kylian Mbappe has seen his penalty saved. And the world champions are knocked out of Euro 2020 in the last 16 by Switzerland. France were up 3-1 with 10 minutes remaining before Switzerland struck twice to force extra time and won at 5-4 on penalties. Here's the reaction from French football writer Julien Laurent. The hardest bit is to see the children crying. You know, There's a point where complacency costs you and I'm sorry you 3-1 up with 10 minutes to go and you think you've won the game, but you haven't won the game. You can't take things for granted at that kind of level and, and the boys are right. The Swiss never gave up. They kept going. And you know what I knew when the penalty started that they would have felt like they, they had all the momentum going. The other last 16 match also went to extra time, but it didn't need penalties. Spain got past Croatia in a, an eight-goal thriller. It finished 5-3 to three in Copenhagen with Alvaro Morada scoring the go-ahead goal for Spain in extra time. The Spanish football writer Guillaume Beleg says there's no shortage of excitement with the current Spain squad. We have a goalkeeper that makes mistakes. We have an emotional striker that scores when he wants or when he can, and generally it's not enough. We have centre-backs that just met and don't have the full confidence of the coach, and he's changed them today. We score lots or not at all. We play in a way that nobody else plays. We go to a game like it is an adventure, like climbing a mountain without enough protection. So a team full of weaknesses who keep walking on the edge. Who should be the neutral's favourites? Now let's turn to tennis. World number one Novak Djokovic has made a winning start at Wimbledon, but some of the big names are already out. The BBC's Chris Dennis has more from opening day. Novak Djokovic started the defence of his title with a four-set victory over the 19-year-old British wildcard Jack Draper. There were two big upsets on the opening day. French Open finalist and number three seed Stefanos Tsitsipas was blown off the court by Francis Tiafo and two-time women's champion Petra Kvitova went down to Sloane Stephens. No such problems though for Irina Sabalenka, Iga Svantec and Gardinia Bogorufa, all of whom progressed in straight sets. Britain's two-time champion Andy Murray won his first singles match at Wimbledon since 2017. It was a victory in four sets over Nikolaos Basilashvili of Georgia. Murray came through 6-4, 6-3, 5-7, 6-3. It's been extremely tough, you know, even these last, uh, last few months. You know, I didn't have the most serious of injuries, but it's been extremely frustrating not being able to, to get on the court, and I've had such little mo- little momentum over these last uh, last few years. Right now, it's 30 degrees with a relative humidity of 78%. That's the news from RTHK. I tried hard to make you want me But we're not supposed to be And the truth will always haunt me Even though it set me free And my tears flow like the ocean As they floated in the breeze They were falling in slow motion And they brought me to my knees 
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the 29th of June, is today's date. Thanks very much to Phil Whelan for the morning brew today. We have a jam packed program for your listening pleasure. Thanks very much for tuning in today. 
I know you can be doing other things, maybe even listen to Spotify. But thanks for choosing to tune into RTHK Radio 3. My name is Noreen Mir. I'm going to be right here with you until 3 o'clock this afternoon. To kickstart the Today Show, we'll be hearing about two exhibitions organised by CHAT. That's the Centre for Heritage, Arts and Textile. The two exhibitions we'll be hearing about this afternoon is called Interview interweaving poetic code and also access breach radical visibility celebration